Alrighty. Hello, everybody. Hello. Stream is starting just now. Uh, usually the first five or ten seconds or so, it starts connecting to everything, but I think we're good to go, yes. Um, good evening, this is Francisco, along with my friend. Andrew. And uh, this is Sports Goofs number 21. We're officially allowed to drink. Yes. And uh, Charles will be with us in a second, just having some technical difficulties on his end. But don't worry, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with him soon. We've got a lot of topics on for tonight, including a big thing that we're actually watching on screen right now, which is the final home game for Dwayne Wade as a member of the Miami Heat and well, his career in general. Um, it's going to be a uh, very momentous occasion, a very sad occasion for, for a lot of people. And, and well, uh, for me, there's a lot of emotions going through this one. I, I don't really have a horse in this race, as it were. Um, as I said a lot on this podcast, I'm not really a big NBA fan, but... I know that Francisco is, I know that Charles is, um, are the unicorn of the crew, that is Doug, uh, who never shows up. Um, he's a huge fan, all of them, of Miami Heat, so I know that this is a very big moment for them. So I'm really going to let them take it away on this one, because, ooh, he looks nice. Um, sorry, we, we have the the broadcast on in the background um Dwayne is dressed in all red suit uh looks very interesting quite nice actually and joining us is Charles welcome Charles hello everybody uh, I'm assuming uh you are keeping watch of the Dwayne Wade final home game in Miami Yes, I've been listening to the sports radio all day, 790th Ticket, give them a shout out uh, for all their different segments and broadcasters, and it's kind of kept me in the loop for, you know, the eulogy that should be prepared by every Miami Heat fan, knowing this is Wade's last uh, last stance in this ballroom, because I don't think we're getting playoffs. You know, I understand the idea of being an optimist, but enjoy it for what it is, not for what you want it to be, right? Right. right. So I am just. I'm very melancholy today. Uh, this morning. Um, uh, just just the fact that I I woke up today. I brought my my. My uh, Miami Floridians Dwayne Wade jersey in white with the orange and pink. It's actually hanging next to us right now uh, in the the office as we're doing the show. Uh, and I walked in with it like a kind of like a like a flag, like a banner, like it's just really uh, my allegiance to Dwayne Wade. Um, I think just to start, uh, one of the questions that I think Ethan Skolnick had on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Uh, Twitter page was what does Dwayne Wade mean to you and he had a story of of his interaction with Dwayne Wade that meant a lot to him as a reporter uh, that was a bit personal for him and for for me well 
Dwayne Wade is actually the, the person who actually got me back into basketball. Uh, and it was that 2004 playoff run where the Heat faced off against the, the, the well, then the New Orleans Hornets versus Baron Davis and, and, and his crew. And that Miami Heat team started off the season like 0-7 and was slated to be a very terrible team. Now, the season prior to that, they were awful, which allowed them to get the number five pick in that very, very talented 2003 NBA draft, uh, one of the more legendary drafts in league history, where LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all got drafted. And Darko Milicic, if anybody remembers him. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Dwayne Wade's that playoff run when the, when the Heat started putting it all together, that squad with Lamar Odom and Brian Grant and Karan Butler, Ray for Alston and Dwayne Wade, those guys got me and Eddie Jones, those guys got me back into basketball. Uh, and Dwayne Wade's effort against the Hornets when he crossed up Baron Davis. Uh, winning uh, game-winning shots against the Hornets, and even even the series after that, even though they they were still heavy underdogs, they took the the Indiana Pacers, who at that point were were trying to were a championship contender. They took them to six games, and and it may may have been able to try and get a seventh game if if things had gone their way. But um, that's when you knew Dwayne Wade was special. That's what enticed Shaquille O'Neal to come here. That's what uh, sparked. Uh, this entire whole run and Dwayne Wade got me back into basketball from um, uh, from a personal standpoint it's just I, I'm into basketball because of that man uh, I care about the Miami Heat because of that man I um, like I uh, you know they got me through a lot of uh, emotional times a lot of down times and he was the guy that was always the 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 fixed the, the 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 constant there except for the unfortunate event of him going to chicago because of a of a kind of um a pissing contest with pat riley uh in 2016 um but it all was was right in the end and and i think uh i think i don't know if it was um alex don or somebody had said that that it, Someone, who, who, oh, I think it might have been Eric Reed or somebody, uh, the Heat's broadcaster, but someone thanked the, the Cleveland Cavaliers for even allowing the Heat to get him back for a moment like this. And we didn't even know if he was going to come back for this season, but I'm glad he did because I got to see him one more time uh, most recently against the Mavericks, and and he, he helped win us that game, and I'm glad I got to see that one last time myself in person. And uh, I'm very grateful for all the athletes that we've had come by down here, um, from Yager to Ichiro to Jason Taylor, all these guys that I've seen in person, uh, all these guys that have passed through. And but Dwayne Wade is on on his own level, like he is on the South Florida Sports Mount Rushmore. I think he's he he's met more here than than Dan Marino because. Because Dan Marino was, was I guess someone that maybe have been larger. Like it feels like Dwayne Wade was a more personable individual, and you feel like you, if you, you'd see him on the street, he'd he'd stop and and you know, and, and give you a handshake and have a little con- conversation with you. Like it just he's that type of guy. I guess that Midwest 
type of mentality of, of being a very friendly human being. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw that Budweiser commercial that, that popped out of Dwayne Wade and uh, talking to five people and doing kind of like a jersey exchange with them. Uh, but it's a really emotional one. You got to see it. So, um, all right. Uh, I've been talking for a while. So, um, any guys' thoughts? Um, I'll ch- yeah, and here's the thing. You you mentioned something that that was interesting, Francis, when you said that he and Wade brought more to the table to South Florida than Dan Marino did, and I would actually agree with you because here's the thing. Dan Marino was the superstar on the Dolphins bringing everything in, but Dwayne Wade was kind of like the secret executive. You know, sometimes like Pat Riley was bringing stuff, but you got to think Dwayne Wade is responsible because of his talents, his selfishness, um, you know, selflessness uh, that he has, that he was able to bring not one, not two, but arguably three Hall of Famers to Miami for title runs. He brought in LeBron because they had a good relationship coming into the game. Um, and when LeBron was thinking about leaving Cleveland, he brought in Shaq. That's, well, you know, Shaq, Shaq brought himself, but, you know, he could have gone anywhere at that time in 05 and 06. Um, I know contracts and everything, but, you know, NBA superstars get traded all the time. Shaq could land in elsewhere, but he was enticed by this kid who played out in Marquette in the flash, right? Um, and then he brought in Ray Allen. You know, Ray Ray brought in his own politics, obviously, to leave Boston. I like Chris Bosch, but I, I'll leave that Hall of Fame debate out there for a different day on a different time. Um, but, you know, he, he brought these three surefire Hall of, Hall of Fame candidates and, and Shrinies and created a, a representation of heat culture, if you hear that a lot on the radios, um, but a winning mentality that went above and beyond. You got to think that... His play, you know, he said, all right, I know, because he was a league-scoring champion. He said, you know what, I know I can drop 25, 26 points a game. I'm not as much injured as I will be in the future or as I was in the past, but I'm going to let LeBron do his thing. I'm going to let Bosh get some love. I'm going to let Ray get some shots in. Um, he gave up money. The guy should have been paid so much money in the past, but he said, you know what, these guys are an integral part for us to succeed, for us to make it, for our legacies to be cemented. Um you know, it led to equivalent disputes, but I think about two things uh, when I think of Dwayne Wade. Um, obviously, his elevation of play in the finals against the Mavericks the first time around. Um, and it's many, many years ago, so emotions are different when you're 16, 17 years old, but you get excited, right? But then I remember hearing about a year ago on the radio, listening to Dan Lebertard show, about, ah, the Miami Heat have traded such and such lottery pick for to the Cleveland Cavaliers were Dwayne Wade. And it was, you don't get those kind of storybook endings when you have a, a bitter lever in the fact that it was able to continue. You're not going to make, uh, you know, the playoffs this year, assumingly. But you know what you get to do? You get to go on your own tone, terms, being the best player at 36, 37 um, on a team, you know, above and beyond everybody else who's talented on the team. And a thing that I I would like to see happen in the final couple of minutes Losing, winning by one, whatever. I want to see him and Udonis, man, one last time on the uh, playing playing some kind of minutes. I don't care if it's 15 seconds together, uh, because you know Udonis was really kind of if if Dwayne was the soul, Udonis was the heart, you know, keeping it going. So for me, that would be a nice little, just a you know, wink and a nudge from 
from Spolster and everybody else. But Dwayne means a lot. And the problem is that it's a different kind of vacuum because once he leaves, the outlook, and we talked about this today, Francisco, the outlook for the Miami Heat is very uh, low, limited, concerning. But that's good, though. Isn't that essentially what you want? Doesn't that essentially solidify a superstar? We're not talking about a great player. We're not talking about a guy who makes the all-star, the all-pros. We're not talking about your, and no disrespect to, like, DeMar DeRozan, but he's not missed by a team that traded him away, right? Um, I just use him as an example. Sorry, DeMar, if you ever listen to our podcast. Um, but you're I'm sure he is. And it creates such a vacuum that, you're embracing the suck because it's terrible. That means you had something special. You had a superstar walk on in, and you know he left you feeling like you're at a funeral, and that's kind of how it should be. Granted, can we draft a successor? No, you can't. Um, but that's what it means, that when he's all said and done and he's retired, it's not going to be like, oh, man, I wish we had this guy back. It's like, yo, we had that, and everything's going to suck afterwards. But we had that. Kyrie brought three titles notoriety to be in the playoffs they were hated they were the heatles um but they were the you know they're good guys to us everybody else hated the fact that we were able to use him in so many ways and we got the happy ending because he went to chicago and he went to cleveland and we felt a little betrayed because you went to a place where you should have gone and then you came back and you wanted to be back here and you came back for the final dance for a full season and you gave your best shot you know so that's where i'm at with it it's funny mate it's a lot of people have said this but um, a lot of people believe that that Dwayne Wade leaving that one time may have actually helped in the end for for all of us to appreciate his his journey here, his his entire career. You can't appreciate what you have till it's gone. Right. And Ooh. I know that a lot of Extremely angry with Pat Riley when he uh, more or less shafted uh, Dwayne. He, Francisco is nodding. He agrees. He pretty much shafted Dwayne Wade after all he'd done for the city, all he'd done for the team, and he still lowballed him on a contract. Uh, more than anything, people were absolutely not angry at Dwayne Wade. They were very angry at Pat Riley. So, you know, like Francisco was alluding to, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Um, and seeing him leave, I'm sure that really kind of made people really appreciate what they had with him. I mean, I, I kind of, I keep coming back to this uh, because I thought it was really, really good. Um, back in 2010, Miami-Dade County's commissioners declared for one week from July 1st to July 7th that the county would be known as Miami-Wade County. Um, and they did that when free agency began back then. So, I mean, that, that kind of just tells you what he means to the city. And that was several years before he left for Chicago. So um, throughout the show, we're we're looking at the the Dwayne Wade ceremony right now. They're showing the videos. They're showing the previews. They're showing uh, their interviews with his parents right now, um, and we'll we'll get to all of that. But um, 
uh, so we'll we'll be chiming in from here and here and there with regards to uh, Dwayne Wade's career. So, but we're we're gonna have to move on uh, from now. But it's, we've already spent 16 minutes on this, and there's a lot we could say about Dwayne Wade and, and a player of that magnitude uh, retiring. But we'll leave that for another time. So let's let's try and um, get to another basketball topic. So yesterday was the final. Uh, for the men's college basketball championship 2019 uh, and prior to that we had uh, in Minnesota and then prior to that um, in Tampa we had the women's championship which was won by Baylor um, but the game yesterday um, that, just kind of jump in really quick that was a close game I just off of memory I think that was an 82 to 81 final so it's uh but yesterday's game was right and so we've had probably two incredibly great finishes to a very successful and very exciting march madness so the ncaa is definitely uh really happy about that it's unfortunate none of those people got paid that were playing in it but that's a whole other topic. We've already talked about it, but um, let's just talk about the game. And guys, what what stuck out to you for the game? Well, I mean, for me, we were Francisco and I were discussing this earlier, but this tournament deserved this game. Uh, as I was saying, th- this game, this whole tournament was madness there was there were so many one possession games I mean as much as it hurts for me to talk about UCF was centimeters away from beating the number one overall seed Duke you had maybe a little less than average uh, upsets you know you didn't have a, a one losing to a 16 like last year um, but there were so many close games uh, I mean, Virginia, just over their last three games, Sweet Six, uh, the Elite Eight, Final Four, and the Championship, they were down by several points at times with less than 30 seconds remaining. And somehow they still won. So this was a mad, mad, mad tournament. And having this game go to overtime, which was the first time since... 2008, if I remember. Yeah, it was 2008, right. This tournament deserved to be going to overtime. And this game was kind of the embodiment of the tournament as a whole, and I think it was a great ending. Charles, thoughts? Um, I'm glad we got to talk on this topic because I think I was confusing Andrew a little bit in uh, our group chat. But what stood out to me the most is Kyle Guy, number five on uh, Virginia, and he was killing. I think he had like 22 points. He was Mr. Clutch near the end. But what stood out, aside from his great play, was just his very punchable face. And I don't know why you guys ever see a person and you're like, man, I just kind of want to deck him. I don't know why. He could be a great guy. He could be watching the feed of the poor all on Mother Teresa. But that's what stood out. Uh, I had really no interest in seeing the game because 
I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I was really behind Auburn because I just wanted Charles Barkley to, you know, to just go crazy on everybody there. Um, Texas Tech was playing better throughout the tournament than I would venture Virginia played. Um, but I had that sensation that Virginia was going to win. So I'm flipping between watching the Raw after WrestleMania and this Mark Fantasy thing, and it felt like Virginia had it, and then came the final, like, six, seven minutes in regulation, then we got to OT, and I'm like, all right, now you have my attention. Because that, that sometimes is the issue with a lot of these last games in a college season, and I'm looking at you, Clemson and Bama, where you put on a show throughout the season, you put on a show throughout a couple games in the playoffs, and then somebody proverbially poops the bed. And, you know, this gave a little life to it. Andrew said it well. It's like this is the game that we need and wanted because it reaffirms the idea of that just because you might have 3, 4, 5 through 11 on your as a number for your seating doesn't mean you can't come out number one. And Texas Tech almost did. I mean, it's good for Virginia if you believe in the idea of redemption in sports because they got what bounced in the first round um, last year. And now you got uh, you got a lot to work with. Hopefully, a lot of those guys don't leave to go into the draft and you know kill your team. Essentially, how it happened to Villanova um, the year prior, because that's the reason why they got bounced into it. But it, it, all in all, it was very interesting, very hot. But then what happens is that Texas Tech went cold, Virginia went hot, and a one seed won. But you know what? They were in a fight, and they knew it. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I know I'm going to pick on college football. I'll keep it brief, gentlemen. But you don't kind of have you don't have this sort of thing in the FBS level of college football. FCS has its own tournament, and that's great. Although North Dakota State keeps winning because they are they are the Alabama of the FCS. It's ridiculous, but you don't have that sort of thing. You don't have the possibility of an underdog story because there are only four teams and pretty much it's always stacked toward those blue bloods the teams you know your alabamas your clemsons notre dame which isn't even in a conference and yet they still get these opportunities to get into the finals Uh, so you, you really don't have that opportunity for madness and things like that at the FBS level and it's kind of a an odd juxtaposition that the NCAA plays plays off this whole seemingly random set of events where a UMBC can beat a one seed an overall one seed Virginia but at the same time although it's not really under their control the NCAA kind of limits participation to those well-established teams and keeps those underdog-type teams like UCF, like Boise State, like Utah and TCU before they went to the Power Five conferences. doesn't really give them an opportunity. Uh, But kind of getting back to the original point, tangent over, uh, it's called March Madness for a reason. And this was truly a mad season, and it was fun being along for the ride, especially for that final game. So, uh, for as far as Virginia is concerned, um, the fact that they completely turned around their narrative from being the absolute laughing stock 
of not only college basketball but just college sports in general like you could dog on the cavaliers in every sport just because of that humiliation uh, if you had a degree from the University of Virginia, uh, founded by Thomas Jefferson, by the way, uh, if you had a degree from the University of Virginia, it significantly lowered in value after they lost that basketball game to UMBC. <laughs> like if you were in court, Charles, against the uh, and you're in the opposing counsel is from the University of Virginia. All you had to do was point that out to the judge and he'd be like, oh, all right. Uh, well, I know how I'm, I know, or to the jury, hey, oh, oh, okay, yeah, everything he said, just disregard everything he just said. Like, it was just that bad. Um, and, uh, Andrew, you had mentioned to me beforehand about um, the fact that somebody had said that, um, what was it? Right, so on... On Reddit College Basketball, uh, well, backstory to it, ESPN So, uh, we had technical difficulties, but don't worry, folks. It's not the first time we've had that. Uh, this is, of course, a bare-bones establishment here. We are uh, – the, the highest tech thing that we have here is Luna the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is essentially the, the same equipment that they use to send rockets to the moon, but That's it can't true. even do a podcast. Um, anyways, so we had talked about – the college basketball national championship in the first part of our stream today. And, you know, that's all well and good, but there was a even more illustrious event that happened prior to that. And I, I'm pretty darn sure our good friend Charles will enlighten us as to what had gone down in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You know, what did not go down in East Rutherford, New Jersey disappointment disappointment in last night's game there was disappointment for texas tech fans for vegas betters and for kyle guy's mother having a face that only she could love but hating the fact that nobody would take that obligation away from her um it's funny thing in auto so ladies and gentlemen wrestlemania was on sunday and for those who know and those who number do not know right? number 35 yes i am a big wrestling fan grew up with it Took a break from it, came back to it because I couldn't resist the temptation of, you know, grown men in tights telling me a soap opera while beating each other up. It's beautiful. Um, 
these events have gone from being simple two, three-hour events for a pay-per-view to becoming like five to seven hours, depending if you want to watch the pre-show or not. But for the most part, I loved every bit of it. This was the first year where women were headlining uh, the WrestleMania main event. It's probably going to be the only time, not that their match was bad, it's just right now is get it while it's hot. Because, as you know, wrestling, gasp, is fake. So storylines kind of lead to it. But the women were carrying the storylines of, you know, hating each other, being Becky Lynch, the Irish Lathkicker, the man, Ronda Rousey, yes, the former UFC champion, found a better career, but there's an irony to what happened to her. And then Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter. Uh, The storyline for them was winner take all, unify the women's uh, Raw and SmackDown belts, um, I thought the match was very good. The problem was it was going on at almost 12 in the morning. But, you know, the, the end result, as you saw on the screen, was Becky Lynch won. Yeah, what is the, the, it, it was like a seven-hour, like... Uh, there were 16 dance. matches. Yeah, there were 16 matches. Because the thing about WrestleMania is you want to really showcase your talents. Right. Everybody, from the top to the bottom, to the bottom, back to the top. Booking is weird. You can have some spaces where you have only 20-minute matches. There was a squash match with Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe. I love me some Samoa Joe, and it lasted for 59 seconds after the entrances. But it's really the culmination of months of story, sometimes even a year of story being built up. And WrestleMania is one of those things where if you want pure wrestling, you're not going to get it. Go see some Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan for wrestling, but you're going to get some wrestling with some special traction and craziness that comes involved. Um, as you see here, Ronda has only been professionally wrestling for a year, and she's taken some decent bumps. You know, her character work's not fantastic, but uh, she could bring I it. Mean, she she actually... had that controversy where she said that wrestling was fake. Like, she actually said it yeah. as she was trash-talking for this. Oh, thing. yeah. But I, I, I like that. Even though some people don't like the heat, I think it's perfect because they try to turn her heel. Now, in one term, face is the baby face, the good guy is still the bad guy. I think there's nothing more heelish than saying, this is all fake and I'm just doing this for a paycheck. You really want to hate that person because they take an exceptionalism to it. You know, it's like it's their own thing. She broke her hand, ironically. So it's going to be one of those things where like, ah, so you catch your face broken UFC and now you break your hand. I would run that storyline every day. But there was a lot of good highlights. One of the biggest highlights that come across with it was um, – Kofi Kingston, who had been there for 11 years, mm-hmm. won the WWE Championship from Daniel Bryan. They had the best match of the night. It was, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to date Melter and say it's an unprecedented eight-star match. Uh, research him if you guys don't know, but um, it, it was close to five, so it was like four and a half, but there was something beautiful about did, it. Did you like John Cena walking in there with that New York Yankees jersey? I loved it because John Cena had a his initial break. With the Babe Ruth? Yes, his initial break into WWE was something called uh, the Thugonomics or Dr. Thugonomics. So Elias, the man who looks like CrossFit Jesus, actually, no, Seth Rollins, the CrossFit <laughs> Jesus, you know, Elias looks like Hobo Jesus um, uh-huh. about the sandals. So Elias' whole gimmick is very honky-tonk man where he just kind of sings stuff, and he's great. He gets great heat with the crowd. So Cena, obviously, he's covering – he's wearing a hat to cover I mean, I like his outfit. It's great. It's great. The hat's nice because his hair is bad. But uh, basically, Cena's whole thing is he's a rapper from Boston, Marky marking it to the full degree without killing a guy. And Elias is just, you know, being a guitar thing. So he had a great line. And one of the favorite lines, I'm going to say it, is uh, your face looks like my nuts. And he's holding a pack of peanuts to Elias to say a little bit more push. And I was cracking up. I'm like, all right, we're getting a little R-rated. Yeah. Uh, 
some other highlights. Uh, Brock Lesnar lost the Universal Championship to Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins says, I don't care about being conventional good guy. I'm going to kick you in the nuts or hit you in the nuts repeatedly until I get the feed count. And everything else was in between. This was Batista, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Retirement match against Triple H, also an actor. You know, if you guys know, he did a lot of bad movies. But his highlight was right. Triple H. Movie. And I remember when Ryan Reynolds says, I just farted. He's like, what the hell? I'm like, acting Triple H. What, what is he? He's got pliers there. And now he's yeah, going to. Oh, no. He's going to pull out his teeth or. Yeah. Okay. He's gonna pull out his nose. I thought he was pull, pulling off his. Oh, his nose or not his nose hair? Yeah. <laughs> And here's the thing that the psychology of wrestling. I, you got to love the camp. You have to love it's, the camp. It's great. But these men and women, they're entertainers. They're carnies, man. They're going around the circus. And for Batista, he came back and quit twice. And he just wanted to be retired in the right way. He has wrestling like five years. And I'm going to give him props because this is a guy who's trying to get an acting career going. He's a recognizable face in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he just wanted to end his wrestling career in the best way he could. And, you know, their match, the crowd wasn't really behind it because I think they were so kind of, like, emotionally drained from Kofi's win because this was the second match after. But uh, I thought it was good for what it was worth. And in the background, we just, oh, of course, it buffers as I'm looking at it. But, uh, you know, it was all good. I really wish WrestleMania wasn't six, seven hours. That's why I won't go and watch it um, live because I would be total, totally tired or I would have to use the bathroom or hammered. But it's there. And the background was the match of the night, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Um, the crowd was so hot for you guys. I have not seen a crowd that energized in a match over someone's victory throughout start to finish, except for WrestleMania. And I hope I'm right about this. Was it 31 where Daniel Bryan, the little white guy won his <laughs> championship at WrestleMania? Um, hey, you don't know. Daniel Bryan could be Kofi and Kofi could be Daniel Bryan, but it was so good. So emotional. Uh, the story behind Daniel Bryan was that he was the Planets champion and he took the old title belt, threw it away. The Planets champion? Like, yes, he, like, made a, he was like an experimentalist guy. It was great. Okay, so um, like, not like Captain Planet. No, not like Captain Planet. Okay. He made like a hemp belt. He would he would admonish people for eating fast food and all this stuff. And Corey, uh, Corey's Kofi's story was, I've been in it for 11 years. I never had an opportunity to even get the title belt. And he had to go through a gauntlet match, and he had to go beat some other guys. And his dudes with the New Day had to get him his title shot. And then when he won, it was so emotional that, you know, everybody was chanting for him, you deserve it. And then they got rid of the old power, like the plant title. They brought in the real title, and his kids were in there to celebrate. Um, one of the reasons why the New Day is great is because they're highly merchandisable. They're highly marketable. I have a shirt. They're ridiculous. But uh, all in all, I would say it was probably some of the best. Oh, yeah. I have to share the that link I sent you with the, the wrestle hats, the wrestling hats. I'll call them out that too, man, because I, I got to I gotta tell you, you know. Uh, I, I'm going to look for that while you talk about, you know. What, okay, so this is uh, Lesnar, right? Yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. So Brock has been getting a lot of heat because Vince put what should be the second most important title or arguably the most important title on Brock. But there were some issues. Roman Reigns got diagnosed with cancer. Vince panicked. People don't like Brock Lesnar because he's a part-time player. He only shows up for like five pay-per-views a year, and he squashes people as much as he can. Um, you know, Brock kind of takes it easy. Unless he likes you, then he'll go crazy in the ring. But it's just one of those things where there was some heat to the match. Seth got in there. This was the first match of the night, and no one anticipated it. So everybody was losing their minds because the idea is, as a fan – you're getting rid of the crap first. So that's great. But I thought it was arguably entertaining because it started off kind of violent and brutal and then a couple of low blows and a yeah. couple of finishers. 
Seth ends up winning the belt. And you know what? This is good, in my opinion, because how you're going to keep Brock strong and you're going to make Seth look smart because he didn't try to do, like, I'm going to earn it. He's like, I'm going to take it. And I, I can get behind that because in wrestling, you always like to heal more than the face or the baby face, but a guy who's going to kind of be a tweener or does what it takes to win, right. I like it. The only match I didn't think was that good and kind of dragged was Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and, you know, this was supposed to be Roman's first singles match after the cancer diagnosis and being on permission. Drew McIntyre has, is like Vince's future in a sense. He wants to push him, but the crowd's not hot for Drew. I don't know why. He looks the part. He acts the part. He can work the mic. I think the problem is, is he doesn't have a gimmick that people like. But the guy's name's a Scotch Terminator. They should have put him in there. And then Roman's just a big dog, and he reclaimed it. But this was one of those WrestleManias where it was complete fan service for the most part. Right. So I'm waiting to see how Vince just destroys my hopes and dreams. Because um, the best thing about being a wrestler, wrestling fan is not really watching wrestling, in my opinion. The best thing about being a wrestling fan is saying, I hate this so much, but if I booked it, this is how I do it. it, it <laughs> this is how I would do it. It really gets the imagination going, man. It, it invites the soul. It, because at the end of the day, it's it's about stories. It's about the connections. It's about you know people you know, being and tall, uh, you know, black, white, whatever ethnicity, race that you have, able and disabled, whatever you want to call it, so, having an inclusiveness. I have on screen right now, this is New Era's official website, and we've got the WWE 59 fit, 5950 fitted, or just the collection of WWE hats. Did not know these existed until I saw that ad on Instagram and had to show it to Charles. And we've got here, we got an Undertaker cap. I can't really see it yeah, too well, like, but I mean, he's Undertaker, so he's all black and everything. So uh, we got Sting there. There's a Sting cap. We got the Mankind cap is pretty fun. I like that uh, one uh, very much with the smiley face and the, the mask. Um, uh, you got the rock there with, uh, his hole with the bull, uh, logo that he has there. Uh, Finn Balor hat, a Seth Rollins cap. Um, I, I don't know if you can see these on screen, Charles, and give us your opinions yeah, on them, on. but I mean, they're, uh, um, of course a John Cena one, you, you, you know, um, Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Yeah. There's a Shawn Michaels yeah, there. It, it just for some reason screams out to actually look like closest to a professional hat for sports. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, Roman Reigns, um, gosh, what was it? I think Preston Wilson had a tweet because apparently he's a wrestling fan. Former uh, Florida Marlin, St. Louis Cardinal, Preston Wilson. Look at that Ric Flair hat, though. Oh I mean, wow! If you're gonna roll in with anything, I'm rolling in with that. That that looks great. That is a very sweet looking cap. Wow, you know, let, let's you, you want to let's let's take a closer look at that one. I just got I, there's some details right there on the top of the bill. As uh, I, by the way, in the Miami Heat game, they are or they are like just into the uh, the I think the I think Dwayne Wade just finished off his his speech to the crowd. They've already presented him with like a giant number three statue, uh, and have you know done the whole thing. So and the Heat are now in their huddle. As the Heat play a, an actual meaningful game, uh, they're pl they are literally hanging on by a thread for the playoffs. Well, they not literally, figuratively, tonight. but they are hanging on to to a thread for the playoffs. They have to win out and hope that Detroit and Charlotte lose in order to even just get in. So hopefully that happens. Hopefully Dwayne Wade has a great game, and we'll keep an eye on that. But look at this Ric Flair hat. The details I mean, in why. it, like I'm 
like I'm pretty unsure that's it's all glossy and it feels really smooth. Uh, and I am just wow. I mean, if I was a massive wrestling fan, especially a massive fan of Ric Flair himself, definitely would buy that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's Golden State Warriors because they're blue and gold, right? Like that's just something that pops out to me. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the Seattle Pilots, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, and for those who don't know, Seattle Pilots. Uh, let's see, do they have a Seattle Pilots cap on here? No, they don't. The but you Seattle can find Pilots one. are the. Uh, <clears throat> I guess you would call it kind of the predecessor to the Seattle Mariners of the MLB. They are actually now the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. Uh, they were the they were the last team in Seattle prior to the Mariners, but the franchise itself is now in Milwaukee. Okay, so is that all you have to say about WrestleMania? Um, or I mean, hold on. I will hit one other thing. Okay. What people love about WrestleMania is typically the shows after WrestleMania, the very next day, because it's really like a relaunch, man. You know, new stories get interjected, people return from injuries. You know, you get to hear the crowd, the 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 crowd just go in there, the uh, the hype, the elation. Um, all the stuff that comes into it and then it dies a bitter death in about a month. Uh, the next thing that comes up is money in the bank. I might end up commenting on that in the near future because that's always interesting. Cause if you like betting, why not bet for something that you don't know is going to happen, but it's already predetermined just like life. You have to die <laughs> and pay taxes. Uh, so watch wrestling. It's always good for you. I'll make a nice little catch slogan there. And every time I watch wrestling, I just kind of have to hit the gym a little bit harder and hate myself <laughs> for eating Flanagan chicken stickers okay uh it looks like i mean i'm already having fun just watching these highlights <laughs> i mean i haven't seen wrestling like legit like this since i was a i was a i was a teenager so it's always it's kind of nice it, it, it's it's a bit of a nostalgia kick for me uh just uh hearing someone like like charles talk about it because that's how my my best friend talked about it himself just so i could get the storylines and know who the heck these people were i was playing on you know n64 and gamecube uh man that guy's got some really nice face paint what the heck right. is... <laughs> so that's finn balor so uh, you saw things so finn balor has uh-huh. you know two personas he has balor like the man and they have a horrible like gimmick for him like the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things but when he has to show up and be dudes he becomes the demon so he puts like a lot of face paint on um, it's, I won't go into detail why they do it because it was an NXT idea that got bought to the main roster. It didn't really work well, but it gives a small guy like him the edge and the ability to, I guess, dominate big guys like Bobby Lashley. Um, their match was pretty good. It was like a pseudo squash because everybody knew it was capable. It was for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, remember, wrestling is sometimes about creativity and character. And it's, I want to say it's like Jekyll and Hyde, but for Finn's character, but Finn's a face. So if he was going heel, it's a different story. Um, but now he's reigning, you know, IC champion. Uh, and then the other match, because we saw a little playthrough with AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Their story was interesting because Randy is Mr. I was, came into the WWE for 15 years, and AJ was Mr. I was Mr. Indies until the last three years when they signed me, and AJ has been killing it. So this was a match I was looking forward to. I really wish there was like another five minutes put onto it because it ended rather abrupt. But sometimes about two guys honing on their craft, doing a technician, you know, being technicians in the ring. Um, the other highlight I will say about WrestleMania weekend was some dude tackled Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame ceremony. 
and that wow. was not planned. That was that's not. That is not planned. Wow. The greatest thing was Dash Wilder, one of the wrestlers for the revival, um, was escorting the guy out along with the other uh, other wrestlers, and he had an uppercut that would make Mike Tyson cream his pants. Oh boy! He just jogged the guy's face. Is there a video of this? Yeah, you, I mean, I'll, I'll send you a link if I can find it. Uh, I'll I'll try. It's probably on Twitter. I'll look. Yeah. yeah, just Dash Wilder, you know, punches fan. And I was like, damn, KO, because that guy got rocked. And mind you, he's being held up by other dudes being escorted. But if it was me and my glass, it's shit. It wouldn't even be a glass draw. It would be like, you know, whatever whatever is weaker than glass, it would be that. Because, you know, Dash Wall is a big dude. He's not huge, not Brock Lesnar, but he was kind of clean. I'm like, mm, man. Uh, so AJ was good. Or AJ Styles was good. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I'm thinking Miz Chain was good. All right, so in WrestleMania, there's always a McMahon. Vince has like demon spawn all over the place. There's Stephanie McMahon, there's his wife Linda McMahon, who is, you know, part of our administration for the small business, and now she's leaving that. And there's Shane McMahon. So Shane McMahon had a match with the Miz, uh, Mike Mizani from the real world, for those who watch the MTV days when you're old like me, Francisco, and Andrew, you're kinda young, it's okay. Um, enjoy your youth. Uh, so I don't think I'm that much younger than you guys. How old are you? Twenty seven. Okay, I, we, I got like three years on you. I don't know how old Francisco is. I know him and I are just in the age group. Um, 31, but yeah. 31, all right. But I'm going to give you youth because it's any youth. Um, so this guy comes up and tries to go. But I think you got to find like Dash Wilder punches fan because I found it the other day. Um, see if I can find you that link as we're talking. But it was just something that was, you know, it, it's fun. They had a false count anywhere match it was really intense okay so now i've got the video here so this this dude in the rasta rastafarian hat yes comes up and grabs him wow yeah dear lord so dash wilder should be escorting him i wonder if they, this is in the video i saw but maybe it's like the complete video yeah. so there's like four guys yeah i see they got they, they... and Bret hart's been having a hard time he was fighting prostate cancer oh, he oh looks boy like crap. Oh, this is bad uh, you know, yeah, so one man. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to find Dash. Dash is the one on the left next to the guy with the leather jacket. Um, yeah, yeah. You're, let's see. So they bring him in. So <sighs> so some psycho just came out through the crowd. and, 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 right. and, and So uh, Dash is the one in the jacket. So watch, yeah. bam, just decks him. The guy goes down. Yeah. We got But I just linked you, Francisco. Okay, we are back, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, another technical difficulty, but what, what, whatever. Uh, so we saw the um, the attack there on Bret Hart in the uh, the the Wrestling Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which is a shame. But uh, I'm pretty sure they beat the crap out of that guy, which is even which is great. Which is it's always great when they when they immediately beat the crap out of the guy. Is that like when those freaking White Sox fans attacked that uh, first base coach for the for the freaking Kansas City Royals, uh, and then the whole White Sox or this whole Royals team came out and completely destroyed those two, the father and son duo. I don't know, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I do. Uh, okay, so uh, back. So you sent me a link here. It's 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 a fans video. Looks like either it looks like Snapchat. Looks like a Snapchat video of the the incident. It's a great view. It's that was that was like like you said, Charles. Bam! That was he, he 
he decked him. He's Dirty. lucky that he was being held up. Although he really wasn't because he fell over right after. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. Hey, uh, that was that was before the 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 WrestleMania. So. That was like the day before. I okay, think. so that's just yeah, part of the part of the festivities entering into the 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 whole the whole thing. But all right. But overall, your opinion, WrestleMania 35, uh, success. Yes, best WrestleMania I've seen in the last couple of years. Wow. Because you got to take this as a whole. You know, there's always going to be slow moments, bad matches, but the overall product was good. Mm-hmm. Like oh. a Friday night with Charles. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we are now uh, adding the two, you know, adding the two things. So uh, the, the the several drops that we've had tonight, unfortunately, but. We are still uh, moving on. Slash is here joining us here. So uh, Wunter Slash is, is, is helping us tonight. And we've got, uh, we talked about college basketball. We've talked about Dwayne Wade. I mean, this whole thing is still going on for Dwayne Wade. Dear Lord. Um, at some point, they're going to play basketball, I hope. Um, <laughs> and I think, it's, I think the NBA has a rule that it has to last 30 minutes or else they fine you. But, okay, we are finally – we're, we're about to get some actual basketball here. And Dwayne Wade is going to start the game. Uh, I think this is his first start of the season. Since we're talking about basketball, um, just the scenario that we want to paint as far as the playoff seedings are concerned. So the Western Conference is set. The Western Conference is is, is pretty much set. Uh, well, not pretty much set, but at least all the teams that have clinched have clinched. The the teams yeah. the teams are are set. You've got the Golden State Warriors are number one. And they've already clinched the best record in the West, uh, followed by the Denver Nuggets, who are still hanging on to the number two seed, only a half game ahead of the Houston Rocket history, and he still might not even win the MVP, which is crazy, uh, because a lot of people are on Team Giannis. Uh, followed by the Portland Trailblazers, another great season. Damian Lillard justifying his decisions to stay in Portland. Uh, now uh, they're uh, five games back at the number one spot, but it looks like they'll be uh, solidified as the number four seed, followed by the Utah Jazz at number seven. Uh, always a nice story out in Utah, even though their fans are a bit um, uh, racist sometimes. Uh <laughs> Uh, just to mention that, and they've, they've got a bad reputation. Then the Oklahoma City Thunder, who um, Paul George kind of uh, levy, leveled off a little bit, but still a good season for, for the Thunder, and they compared to last season especially, uh, when, when they missed out on, on the postseason. Then you got the San Antonio Spurs, uh, once again making it there. There's still some movement that can happen between the Spurs, the Thunder, the and the final team, the LA Clippers, who weren't even really trying to win this season, but uh, lo and behold, they they um, freaking uh, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on uh, Doc Rivers. Gosh darn it, Doc Rivers uh, has made them play uh, very well, and and the Clippers are poised to have a great off season and might potentially land a a guy like Kawhi Leonard or crazy enough maybe Kevin Durant which could put them over the top finally uh so that's the western conference uh very 
I'm very excited for this playoff run for to see if the Warriors can do it one more time, even though nobody really wants to see that, to see if one of these teams can actually upset them. Uh, that'll be fun. But out in the East, number one overall seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, 60 wins. Uh, one of the best seasons they've ever had in a long, long time, probably since the, I think the 2001 season when they made it to the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, behind, so um, the Toronto Raptors, another fantastic season by them, and this time they might actually have a shot of getting to the finals and not being destroyed by LeBron James or LeBrontosaurus, as a lot of people called them. Uh, then the Philadelphia 76ers playing the the Heat right now. Uh, the, the Sixers don't really need to try. They're already locked in as the number three seed. They can't move up. They can't move down. And uh, hopefully that works in favor for the Miami Heat or still uh, trying to find that eighth playoff spot. The Boston Celtics are at number four, only a game up on the Pacers. So uh, there could be some movement between the four and five seed just for that first round playoff series who gets the most home games. Then you have the Brooklyn Nets and the Orlando Magic. Uh, Brooklyn at six, Orlando at seven, even though they could actually trade that off and see if, and I think they, I think those teams might feel a little bit better facing the Sixers rather than the Raptors at this point. So there might be uh, some jockeying there for that, that sixth spot. Orlando at seven, and then we have the Magic, or no, sorry, the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets, the Miami Heat still fighting for that last spot in the East. And right now, I think um, uh, we've got the Charlotte Hornets currently beating the Cleveland Cavaliers 59-51 to out in Cleveland. The Memphis Grizzlies up 53-36 to on the Detroit Pistons out in uh, the Little Caesars Arena. So the Grizzlies are helping us out a lot if they can win that game. Uh, but Cleveland is not because Cleveland sucks. Um, Something I just want to point out really quickly. Mm -hmm. The Orlando Magic, this is their first playoff appearance since the 2011-2012 season. So this is... It's been a massive playoff drought. It's, it's been a very long playoff drought. Um well, I mean, I wanted to say, I mean, my, I have a cousin that is part of the training staff for the Magic. I, th I believe he's in his second or I think it's his second season with the team. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, he can at least have uh, another couple of weeks out there and actually experience some playoff basketball, even though uh, there, the consensus is the Magic are not favored whatsoever against either the Sixers or the Raptors or the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But it's a start. Well, they can't go any. They can't be the eighth seed, so they or you know, Sixers or the Raptors. But it's it's a start at least that they're back in the playoffs. It's the start of a long, long development cycle for the Magic, who have been trying to reset ever since Dwight Howard has left. So I know Andrew, you are a Magic fan by way of the fact that they are in Orlando, and that's probably the loosest connection of all your 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 allegiances. No question. Um, you know, I consider myself an Orlampa fan, which is anything Orlando, Tampa. Um, Orlando doesn't have a lot of pro teams. They have the Magic, and they have the uh, they have Orlando City. 
They used to have the Apollos, rest in peace. Um, but for all the other major sports leagues, they're down in Tampa. So that's the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Rays. I follow the Jacksonville Jaguars just because of Blake Bortles, even though he's not there anymore. But I kind of, I'm tied in there too deep now. Um, but yeah, Orlando Magic, is, I really do not care for the NBA at all. I'm not a huge basketball fan, except when it comes to college basketball, because college sports is better than pro sports, period. Um, with some exceptions. Uh, so yeah, I'm a very, very loose Orlando Magic fan, but I'm happy that they're back in the playoffs. It's it's good to see an Orlando team having some success. Okay, um, but we'll get to our basketball playoff preview once everything is set. We'll have all the matchups. We'll have all of the um, uh, all the storylines heading into the season, the the postseason. So, um, and Andrew, you just posted a picture of the Marlins game. There's probably like, no, that's not the Marlins game. They're not, they're playing in Cincinnati today. Well, it's an old picture, but it's, it's for later use. Okay. For later use. Okay. Um, I know how empty the stadium is all the time. So don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get empty seat jokes. Believe me, (laughs) I'll I'll make them with you. I, I remember, uh, when, um, me and my cousin would go and watch the Marlins games and we used to make fun of Jeffrey Lori. Okay. Charles dropped out. And I think that might've been caught on air. I don't think we dropped out, but whatever. Um, uh, sometimes the roof would be closed and there would be like birds that would get stuck inside. So we'd see them flying around and we'd always make fun of the fact that the Marlins are so cheap that they probably kill those birds and serve them as the chicken tenders to us, uh, just to save some money. Uh, so that's just part of my, my, Mar- like I, as a Marlins fan makes self-deprecating jokes. It's just part of the way it's the only way to get by. Okay, guys. Um, so we are halfway through our night of podcasting, even though we've dropped so many times. So it only means one thing. It's a word from our non-sponsors. So that's when we. We talk about the products and people and services and what have you that we love and are enjoying. And uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I don't want to go first, but I will actually go first. Holy crap! He's actually thought about it this time. <laughs> I he's thought about it. Andrew has thought about it. I it's because Charles mentioned it earlier. Flanagan's. Uh, for anyone that, well, it's anybody in South Florida would know that, but they have this really weird sounding announcer uh, for their radio commercials. So anyway, Flanagan's Restaurants, which is kind of a, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a sorry, a bit of an aside here. Um, former President Barack Obama it gave a farewell message to Dwayne Wayne. Right. Like I said, we were going to interject Dwayne Wade stuff along the night because it's just I guess it's going to be a whole night thing of just messages and Dwayne Wade tidbits so uh, sorry Andrew but that was pretty significant right there yeah absolutely and of course Obama is a Chicago guy along with right and a huge basketball fan I mean he does March Madness brackets every year Um, so anyway Flanagan's for those who pretty much have to live in South Florida know what it is 
I don't know. What would you describe it as, Francisco? Uh, it's like kind of like a sports bar in a sense. But I'm gonna post it here on 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 the on the, on the screen here as you talk about it. It's like a sports bar, but it's themed almost kind of like the Krusty Krab. <laughs> now that I give it some thought, um, it's it's the it's lots of like good. They have good uh, barbecue ribs. They have very good hamburgers, very large portion size. Um, and they have some pretty good kind of happy hour, afternoon meal deals. So yeah, Flanagan's very good. Uh, if anyone ever decides to visit South Florida area, I would highly recommend going there. Um, oh, and they also give you kind of, if you buy, if you uh, get a soft drink, they give you these green cups that you get to take home and they're very their big thing is large portion sizes so these are very large uh drink cups um i actually brought one home with me and I and by it. large i mean it is absolutely large like i remember ordering a just calamari um and it's, it came in this big giant freaking plate uh like i can't even describe the size of it uh, maybe the size of a, if you're a video game fan, maybe like a maybe like an Xbox One or something worth of calamari, just just that that type of large or no no, no a, an original Xbox, an original Xbox, the giant behemoth Xbox, uh, size amounts of calamari, just a ridiculous amount, and definitely not for one single human being. I think their minimum uh, burger size is a quarter pound think you can't go any smaller than that just although the calamari thing kind of gives you an idea of what what sort of things they do so anyway uh my non-sponsor of the of the week is flanagan's for its deliciousness um promo code, promo code um xbox calamari it's <laughs> a good one i like that uh charles you can go up you're up all right. So, you know, and my uh, non-sponsor sponsor week is a film. Uh, a film? I saw it last Thursday. I might see it again. Maybe I'll buy it on Black Friday for like six bucks. But for those who have not seen it, Shazam. It's a... I've been good. wanting to see that. Is it that good? It, I like it a lot. It, now, mind, okay. you, mind you, like, you know, everybody has a different perception of you know, superhero movies, you either feel as if it's too overdone and saturated with everything that comes out throughout the years. DC, as you know, has had a really tough track with movies lately, ever since the Nolanverse ended, created another verse. I personally like Man of Steel. Some people do. We can all agree that Batman vs. Superman was kind of bad in spurts, horrible in others, decent in other aspects. I like Wonder Woman. Justice League was, for me, a fun popcorn movie. I was a big fan of Aquaman, but what I felt that Aquaman didn't have was an inclusiveness of the DC universe. I understand it was more of a prequel, but you know what Shazam has? Saturation of everything DC in a good way. The movie cracked me up. It's got good humor. There's a scene where he throws a, uh, this is Zach Levy, a, a tall man from Chuck, throwing mm -hmm. a Batman doll at uh, Dr. Savannah, played by Mark Strong. The acting's good. There's good messages in there because you got to remember the premise of it is a orphan boy gets powers from a magical wizard. The comedy is on point because it's not cheap. Sometimes it might be a little out there, but it's funny. It felt like big with superpowers. Big, for those <laughs> you know, Tom Hanks right? That's a good. Really yeah, that's a good description. 
Yeah, it focuses on something that I think is important is how would you react if you got superpowers? Because what happens is every movie, Marvel, DC, elsewhere, somebody gets superpowers and they brood or they contemplate. Right, right. A 14-year-old boy who gets superpowers goes, this is awesome. I can do electricity. Let's see if I can fly. Shoot me in the face. Or like like in the clip just there – uh, he goes ahead and gets alcohol. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was a good fault that they come into it. Um, the cast was good. It was fun. I'm hoping it makes enough money to warrant a sequel. I know it made like $56 million It was number one in the box office for this week, this past weekend, yeah. so it's a yeah. good start. Well, I mean, the thing is, the comparative is, you know, Aquaman's like $100 million one, so you always get scared because DC will, like, blow a project, as you saw in the background, him throwing a Batman doll. Um <laughs> but I liked it. If you want good entertainment, see it at matinee. See it with your family. See it with your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, whatever you got. Um, just go see it because you know it's one of those things where it's good pop fun with heart because uh, there's a message of family and what is important. And I won't go into detail spoilers. And it has a nice cameo of a certain character that uh, makes you interested in what happens. But go see it. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. Okay. And I actually code, I saw the preview. Uh, when I went to see Captain Marvel mm-hmm. a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. You know, it's funny because Shazam actual is the real Captain Marvel. Really? Yes. It's a whole thing with, with, with DC and Marvel and just this whole copyright type of thing with, with Shazam and Captain Marvel and the other Captain Marvel at Marvel Comics. Like, it's just the whole thing with, with this whole, with that name itself. But... Ooh. Uh, we've got Shazam for now. Yeah, uh, but I saw it, and I saw Zachary Levi is the is the main character, and I love Chuck. That is one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, there is a sl- I may even go through and watch it again because I like it that much, uh, and I don't do that often with TV shows. Uh, I actually used to have the theme song as my ringtone at one point, <laughs> um, which is also very good. I think it's Cake. Uh, it's a cake song was the theme song. I also ha- highly recommend cake, both the food and the band. But I'm I'm glad to hear that you liked it, Charles, because that was definitely a movie I was thinking of checking out just based on the trailer, but also because of Zachary Levi. So I feel a bit better about that now. You'll enjoy it. Take a peek. Can you give us a promo code? Promo code, the real Captain Marvel. Nice. Ooh, okay. All right. Nice. Shots fired. Shots fired at uh, at Marvel. All right, guys. Um, so my non-sponsor is uh, a thing I've been obsessive about lately. And Andrew can actually attest to this because I'm wearing a bandana of it right now. <laughs> and my non-sponsor is a, well, technically a now dead series called Metal Gear. Okay. I am, I'm shouting out the Metal Gear saga, Hideo Kojima. Uh, himself uh, is a is a, a Japanese man who is completely insane, uh, but he created one of the uh, most iconic video game series and video game icons of, uh, of ever, really, of ever, really. It's up there. It's up there with 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 the Legend of Zelda's and your God of Wars and your Grand Theft Autos and your Super Mario's and your Chibi Robo's. Um, <laughs> If anybody even knows what Chibi Robo is, what I'm talking about, but not a clue. Uh, Metal Gear. Uh, I've been really obsessive about the about the series lately. Uh, I have well because I am a 
more of a Nintendo fan uh, because my original video game love, Sega, is long dead. Uh, even though they are still technically alive, but in spirit, they've died. Uh, uh, I rarely get a chance to experience a lot of Metal Gear games because they have mostly been on the PlayStation. Uh, Metal Gear 1, 2, 3, uh, 4, and even 5 have all been on the PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4. And uh, I think the Nintendo has only received the original on the NES, Metal Gear, Snake's Revenge, which was a, a sequel, but a non-authorized sequel by the creator. So it, it's not really canon, and that, neither is really the first one either. It was, um, but whatever. And then you had the um, uh, Metal Gear Solid Ghost Babble, which was on the on the Game Boy. On the so um, another game that I could. Okay, it's coming back. We're back. <laughs> what is this like the fifth time? This is probably like the fourth or fifth time we've we've dropped our connection. But um, I've been talking about my love for the Metal Gear series lately. Um, I'm playing here a YouTube clip of somebody's interpretation of the Metal Gear games, and it's incredibly funny if you've ever played through one of them, because the fact is, the Metal Gear series is Hideo Kojima has always wanted to be a movie director. And because he, he never realized that dream, he kind of realized it through his video games in a more interactive format. And his the work is inspired by um, great films like uh, Escape from New York, uh, Rambo, uh, frickin' uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and just all of these classic sci-fi and action films, uh, Predator, uh, that influenced this man to create this series that takes itself too seriously a lot of the times but also at the same time it absolutely doesn't give a crap about itself at all even making fun of the fact itself making fun of itself that it is in fact a video game and this is just a bunch of video game crap <laughs> you know uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 in general is just a whole it's it basically like watching an episode of the um, 1960s Batman where it's just full of camp but at the same time you're watching Escape from uh, 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 freaking The Hunt for Red October and I love that movie. you know it, it's 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 juggling the silliness with the seriousness so um, uh, Charles here talking about his favorite video game series uh, Uncharted Kingdom Hearts God of War uh, I like Metal Gear, even though I haven't had a chance to experience them myself. I'm playing through Portable Ops right now for the PSP, and I'll probably get to Peace Walker uh, on the PSP as well. There's only the other two titles that I can actually access at this point. I might get three on the 3DS, but I hear it's a really bare-bones port of the third game, and there's better ways of getting it. Maybe I can borrow the PS3 from my, my brother-in-law to play through. Uh, some of the HD collection and get through two and all that stuff, but just a, a great thing <laughs> Andrew hey Halo one through reach everything else sucks uh, Buy a ps3 and get yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, maybe I'll borrow my, my brother like he probably doesn't even use his ps3 at all um, And get the HD collection so that just Metal Gear um, I don't even know what a promo code could be um, Wait, 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 wait Snake! Hold on, hold on I, I don't have a promo code I don't have a promo code Okay but I have a promo sound a pro Oh, of course Alright, um, give, me, give me a second, ladies and gentlemen Uh, let's see Here we go 
Okay. It, it's loading. <laughs> there you go. Oh boy. So yeah, that's the um, the noise that yeah when Snake is discovered in these sneaking meshes. I didn't even talk about the fact that it's a sneaking type of game. Which those are always fun. Right. It's a stealth game. There's an emphasis on stealth, even though you can basically ramble your way through a lot of the games too. But it just makes it harder. Um, uh, promo code. So how does it taste? And okay, the reference for that is in Metal Gear Solid Three, uh, Snake Eater. Uh, you're playing as Big Boss or Naked Snake, and he has to survive throughout. The, there's a survival system, so you have to actually eat to keep yourself alive. So there's a bunch of animals and things laying about the, this area that you're playing the game in, and so you can actually get these codec calls with um, these people who call you in. You can they tell you about like they give you a field report. And they tell you about the different items. So, um, if you're like like um, like a fruit bat, it's like, oh, the fruit bat is a bat that does this. And then at the end of that whole information about the fruit bat, Snake goes, okay, but how does it taste? Because he doesn't care what the fruit bat does and you know how long it takes for it to grow up. All he wants to know is how does the fruit bat taste so I can eat it and move on. Uh, you, you should watch it on YouTube. Uh, the whole conversations of everything. And uh, if you eat something, he'll tell you how it actually tastes. Or he might actually vomit. But uh, that's it. That's all I could uh, I could keep going on and on. Uh, all right, guys. We're, uh, we're, we're back. Back to sports. Back to goofing. Um, and uh, baseball. Baseball is happening. It's, it, it's going to be a thing that we're going to be talking about. All the way through October, baseball is just going to be happening. And uh, right now we've got, let's see, looking at the scores, the Cleveland Indians defeated the Detroit Tigers 8-2. to The Marlins, oh gosh darn it, we're down 4 nothing to the freaking Reds. They're like, they're the worst team in the league right now. And they're like the one team I thought we could actually beat. But I guess not. Uh, we found the, the A's are spanking the Orioles 5 nothing. The Phillies are spanking the Nationals once more, so Bryce Harper is just loving that revenge. Four to one, Minnesota's up one nothing against the Mets. The Cardinals are up one nothing against the Dodgers. Charles's Yankees are up one nothing on the Houston Astros. The Mariners are up one nothing on the Kansas City Royals, and I believe the Toronto Blue Jays defeated the Boston Red Sox today. So Charles is happy about that too. Yes, so uh, a lot of baseball happening, and um, I just want to say that uh, we had our players of the week come out for the first week of baseball, the American League and the National League. For the National League, once again, I am I am in pain because the National League player of the week is not is our very own National League MVP, Christian Yelich. Yeah, I I just I just want to chime in here really quick. I feel so bad for the Marlins because whether intentionally or not, they keep making these disastrous trades. Uh, I I know that Jeter kind of pushed, you know, John Carlos Stanton, D Gordon. Uh, he kind of pushed them all out of town um, 
And we just, uh, I just found out, with just announced on April 7th, uh, Cody Bellinger and Mike Trout are the newest players of the week. Uh, so uh, Cody Bellinger has been freaking destroying the baseball right now. Uh, but, okay, continue on with your t- making me depressed. <laughs> um, I mean, I know that Jeter um, was, I guess, trying to cut costs and whatever. Um I mean, what would you not say really, about that? No, not really cut costs. Yelich wanted out. Well, he Be- wanted out. He wanted out after they had made the trades of Stanton and Ozuna. Right. He, he knew this team was just going to be a dumpster fire. And and same thing to a certain extent with uh, Real Muto. Real Muto, however you pronounce it. Right. Because uh, they were kind of dangling him out on the trading block. And he did not take too kindly to that. So he stayed with them for one more year. He just kind of finished out his, he, I'm sure begrudgingly stayed for the rest of that season and then got traded to Philly. He was traded to Philly, right? Um, So anybody that the Marlins had of any sort of Mm -hmm. substance that was a good player uh, pre-Jeter is completely gone. And they're all having incredible careers right now not the least of which is Christian Yelich. He, as Francisco said, he won the NL MVP last year. He hit home runs in four straight games, four straight games to start the year, which is, if not unprecedented, at least extremely rare. Um, So the Marlins are missing out. Had they kept all these guys, they'd probably be in contention for the playoffs Mm. right now. There's the counter argument to that. The fact is they had all those guys and were not contending for the playoffs. And it's the fact of the matter is our management are <laughs> from the owner, uh, the front office, that whole thing. No matter what the Marlins did, it was not going to get them out of the hole that they were in. They have no organizational depth. And those guys, you know, as good as they were, uh, we didn't get Yelich's MVP season, but we did get Stanton's, and just and, and Jose dying, it was just the whole thing. There's the Marlins needed to hit the reset button for everything. Everything needed to be. This is an expansion franchise, like a brand new expansion franchise. You might as well call it that because it just feels that way now because everybody's new, players are new. We have some veteran castoffs that nobody wants. And uh, the organization's um, minor league depth is, well, finally getting back to respectability. Uh, but before it was in shambles. So we are essentially looking at a expansion franchise from here on out. So we won't contend until four or five years down the line. Um, okay. Uh, then we have Tim Beckham out in Seattle. They're a shortstop. He... Uh, had a great first week of the season. Uh, and I guess they coupled that in with his performance out in Japan for those two games against the A's. Uh, he uh, also, for that week of March 31st, was the um, American League Player of the Week. And the newest ones are all out in California. Cody Bellinger of the L.A. Dodgers and Mike Trout. Good old Mike Trout. Uh, just, once again... Uh, making baseball look easy uh, out in Los Angeles of Anaheim. 
or just Los Angeles, but it's really Anaheim. He is worth every penny of that incredibly huge contract. And believe me, I I think it's ridiculous how much these players get paid. Um, but for, for I, I find myself eating my words in this case. Mike Trout is worth every single penny of what his contract is. I think he robbed yet another home run today. It's it's ridiculous what this guy can do. And I actually uh, was watching a video the other day. Um, I think it was from 530, 538. Um, the kind of the statistics juggernauts that do sports, but also politics and use a lot of predictions and algorithms. He is on pace to in pretty much every category, Mr. Perfect, exactly. He is on pace in pretty much any relevant statistical category to be the best player of all time. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, they'll have nothing on this guy. His wins above replacement, his war is through the roof, especially for his age. He's only 27. Uh, which makes me feel completely inadequate because I am too 27 and I am not making 30 something million dollars a year and a incredible athlete. But um, he, he um, unless something happens to him, if he just keeps this up, keeps doing what he's doing, um, I think somewhere they mentioned that he's been in the top three, of MVP voting like every year that he's been in the league, all seven years. He is going to be the greatest player of all time. And he could easily have won every single one of those years. Exactly. Um, people say that, oh, Bryce Harper is better than him. No, no he is not. That is, a, a, that is an emphatic no. He, he may be flashier and demand the spotlight more than Trout. And Commissioner Rob Manfred kind of encourage Trout to be a little more out there, a little more, uh, what's the opposite of... Just put him on the Weather Channel some more. If they want to get him... (laughs) I mean, that dude is a weather nut. Get him on the Weather Channel. Like, during the offseason, just have the Weather (laughs) Channel hire him and just have him around the studio and be a meteorologist. And we will see Mike Trout every day promoting Major League Baseball. Just have him in his uniform giving the, the local forecast. I actually, Charles, I see what you're writing. I actually disagree with you, at least for me personally. And here's why. Bryce Harper has a bit of a temper on him. Uh, He can be, at times, a prima donna. Um, You know, he got plunked by a pitch, and he threw the, well, attempted to throw a helmet at the guy, but missed by probably about 15 yards. Um, But, but... I've never seen Mike Trout do that. Um, but to well, hit, yeah, making. exactly. Like uh, to to Charles's point, like Bryce Harper, right? Because Mike Trout is, um, I guess you could say, yeah, he's the Boy Scout. He's um, he's the Boy Scout of if he if he was a DC superhero, he would be Superman. <laughs> uh, you know, the Boy Scout, whereas you know Bryce Harper would be a Batman, a bit more of a of a of a um, more brooding individual with you know whatever but uh bryce harper 
uh, even if you're the villain, it's more notable than having no personality at all. Exactly, exactly, Jayhawks. Um, but, oh, hey, Jay. Because, okay, case in point, what happened with Bryce Harper in his return to D.C.? Their second series of the season, and already the Phillies were facing the Nationals out in D.C., and the, the, the Nationals didn't even sell out that game. They got like 35,000 people, but it wasn't sold out, which is, um, you know, so um, Nationals fans... Uh, I don't know how you didn't sell that out, but um, because that's the one game you sell out. Cleveland sold out when LeBron came back, so you know uh, maybe you guys are the terrible fans, okay? All right, maybe you guys are. The t- it doesn't matter how empty Marlins Park is. You guys suck, okay? You guys are the former Expos. We have two championships, so screw it. Um, whoa, I went off there. Uh, <laughs> anyways, they they wasted the Harper years. So Harper chooses to go to Philly for his free agency. Nothing wrong there. Nothing wrong whatsoever. The Nationals could have traded him last season. They didn't do it. So it's on them, the fact that they didn't get nothing for him when they could have gotten something for him. And so he goes to Philly because the Nationals wouldn't put up the money. Um, the, the, the Phillies are now poised to be contenders in the NL East or to win the division, come back to D.C., people are booing him like crazy after all the years they, that he spent there with the Nationals, probably never said a bad word about the city or anything like that. Um, and they boo him relentlessly for, like, this is, like, it wasn't like, I, I don't even believe it, it was even to the level of when A-Rod left Seattle for Texas. Like, A-Rod went, left Seattle for Texas so A-Rod went from the Mariners who were good to a dumpster fire because of the money. Whereas Harper went to a, a similar, if not better situation in Philly because Philly decided to put it, put up or instead of shut up. So um, his first at bat booed relentlessly. Max Scherzer is the starter. I'm pretty sure, darn sure that was planned by the nationals to have him pitch against Harper in that game. And it was their home opener, I believe as well. And strikes out. But lo and behold, Harper goes 3-4-5. And his last at-bat of that night, he hits a dinger, flips his bat like freaking crazy as the Nationals crowd have to look at the Phillies beat them like 8-2 to two that night. So look how enticing that was. Look how exciting that was. That's Harper. That's Harper's personality. That's Harper's thing. It's very, like, much more than Trout. You know, Trout probably had a great game. And, you know, it's like... It's kind of lost out there in Anaheim, out in Disney World, or Disneyland, actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> there's a difference there, and I'm sure Andrew was offended when I said that. Quite. Um, quite offended. But, you know, he's, he's out there. He's, he's, he's just out there in Anaheim, and the Angels haven't done anything with him, pretty much. And it's just the way it is until, you know, they can actually compete. Maybe we can get more of a glimpse of, of Trout. I don't know where we're heading for this conversation after this, but personalities, baby. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I guess you would agree. You'd agree with what I had just said, Charles. Um, but uh, okay, so uh, Cody Bellinger destroying. And let's look at the standings right now because we're about uh, we're two weeks into this uh, baseball season, more or less. I'm um, going to take this one. I would. Like yeah, to because take this one, you are uh have a little bit of a bragging right over charles right now in that division yes i do and again i fully understand that we're only what two weeks into the season it's april things are weird things are weird in april 
there is a high likelihood that none of this is going to stay the same. Except the Marlins. Except the Marlins, right. Um, The one good thing I will say about the Marlins, and it's that picture that I posted earlier, they changed the look of the stadium, and that was beautiful. They changed the fences to blue. They took out the home run. And if the Marlins ever get back to us, because I emailed them, uh, we will be able to see that personally next week. That is true. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, that would be a breach of contract if they never got back to us. Maybe. I mean, we want, it was a gift in a sense. It was a I prize, know, but, but they we were supposed to contact, contact us. Yeah. Well, they, con- they did contact me, but I haven't re- and I received one response. I told them the games that we wanted to go to or the game that we wanted to go to. And nothing since. And I just sent them a, re- a reminder email today. So hopefully, okay, if so not, maybe... I could cut this up and post it in a video and be like, hey, Marlins, can you get back to us? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, and if anyone's in South Florida, you can come and visit us. Uh, it was Tuesday the 16th. Yeah, yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah, we might actually, lock, we actually and... periscope some stuff, do some Instagram stuff, whatever, but... If you happen to be in Miami and want to uh, brave the traffic getting to a Marlins game, come and see We us. challenge you guys challenge to help you. fill up Marlins Park, okay? 35,000 fans just to see us <laughs> against the Chicago Cubs. Exactly. Well, you know one of our professors is probably going to be there. Yeah, that's true. We have a, a professor who is a diehard Cubs fan. Uh, he he was. Yeah, we can. We we'll buy some drinks. <laughs> we'll, just to Charles's point, what would you say, Charles? Um, I mean, I would. You know, you would think they want to honor the free tickets, right? And I, I mean, I'll buy a hot dog. Just to have I'll bodies in the building. Yeah, just come on. Like, if I'm not gonna watch your, play, how about this? Make the food better so we can just treat it. Like you know what we could do? We could, we could actually, we could. Okay, we we'll, we could make this offer. Like, okay, give us the tickets and let us sit anywhere in the ballpark where the cameras are, and we'll just like have just to fill up the camera angles and just to be like, you know, not every section is completely empty. There's at least one guy there, and it's just me, you, me, Charles, and Andrew just uh, running section to section. Okay, I'm on camera one, Andrew's on camera three, Charles, you got camera nine. I don't even know if they have nine cameras there, but... <laughs> That, we should we should make that suggestion to them absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, but anyway, my point of bringing that up is the Marlins part looks a lot nicer now than it used to. But now onto the important stuff, which is the standings. So in the AL East, it is led by my Tampa Bay Rays, who are going on an absolute tear, um, and it's glorious to see. Uh, following them are Charles's Yankees. After that, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the defending World Series champions, Boston Red Sox, are in last place in their division and probably really close to the seller in the whole in the whole league. Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy it while it lasts before they rattle off like ten victories in a row or something. Uh, AL Central, you've got Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota. The White Sox. I've got here KC. Detroit in first at seven and three. 
Oh, um, really? Yeah, that they are, uh, well... I, I just checked this earlier, so I could be wrong. Or actually, well, Cleveland... Uh, I don't think these are updated completely, because um, Cleveland just defeated Detroit today. So they might be tied at 7-3 and three each. But re- regardless... Um, okay, Cleveland, yeah, the Minnesota, Chicago, and Kansas City is bottoming, bottoming out as per usual. Right. In the AL West... Sorry, Kelly. I'm... <laughs> Kelly, uh, Kelly's a classmate of ours who's from Kansas City, loves the Royals. Um, over in the AL West, Seattle, who just had a video made about them by urinating tree. Yeah, he, a legacy of failure video for the Seattle Mariners. And it, it, it very much true, everything he said. Absolutely. But the Mariners are, it's April. Once again, we have to stipulate it is April. <laughs> but they are in first place. So things are weird. Uh, <laughs> next up is Houston, okay. then Texas, then... The, the Fighting Trout, <laughs> the Fighting Trouts, and then Oakland over in the NL East, obviously having Bryce Harper. Well, they're not that important. It's all about the Philly Fanatic. That's why they're so successful. Um, but anyway, Philly's in first, the Mets are in second. The World Series, but sure. The Ronald Acunas, the Fighting Acuna Juniors in third Who place. Who also got paid. Got a, with a got a great payday, yeah, with for a, someone so young. With a nice extension from the Braves, who, um, in his sophomore season, was a, a, another an eight years, another eight years, or something like that. Anyway, it's it's gonna take him until he's like twenty eight or something. Um, then the, the Harperless Nationals. Nationals, and then in my notes, of course, the Miami Marlins are in last place in the East. Right in the Central are. The former Seattle Pilots, the the Brewers, are in first. Um, of interesting note, sports logos. Uh, Chris Creamer pointed out that <laughs> petition to rename the Los Angeles Trouts. I'm I'm all for that. Absolutely. Might as well. Change.org. As much as they're paying him, he might as well he might as well buy the naming rights to the stadium. Exactly. Trout Stadium. You can just call it the stream or the pond, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And the freaking angels, they get these great guys with these fish names, and the Marlins don't. Tim Salmon, uh, Mike Trout, they'll be the true fish team of the MLB. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, uh, interesting thing that Chris Creamer of Sports Logos pointed out is in the, I think, seven games that the Brewers have played using their throwback um, old where the logo was from like the 80s and early 90s baseball glove logo baseball glove logo the blue and the yellow they are winless in those games or have a very bad record but they are much better in their current uniforms which is a very interesting note uh, let's see what else uh, after them the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates making urinating tree very happy the St. Louis Cardinals, the Chicago Cubs, and the Cincinnati Reds. In the West are the Dodgers, which makes our our fellow sports goof, uh, Cesar, very happy. San Diego, who is going to be going back to the brown and yellow color scheme next season, which pretty much everyone is very happy about. Uh, Arizona, then Colorado, then San Francisco in Bruce Bochy's swan song. Right. Okay. So uh, another baseball thing that 
I don't know if you guys realize the Pirates and the Reds had a um, had the benches clear. It wasn't a brawl, but it was the benches clearing. Uh, I'm I'm posting this right now. Uh, we'll see you later, Slash. And then um, I'm posting this right now on the screen. I don't know if you guys can see it, but I'm gonna hit play. So what happened here? We have uh, former Ray Chris Archer on the mound for the Pirates, and he's facing off against former Marlin Derek Dietrich. Uh, playing uh, playing for the Cincinnati Reds. It's the I think the second or third inning. The Pirates are up one nothing. It's a one zero count, and Chris Archer offers offers up a meatball to Derek Dietrich, who uh, sends it off into the Allegheny River there out in Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, the the issue here it's two to one Reds at this point. It looks like there's not anything that's that's wrong here. He's, he's doing his, his home run trot here. Uh, it's a bit slow, but not not the slowest we've ever seen. And then as Derek Dietrich is crossing the plate, the catcher for the Pirates, I don't know his name because he plays for the Pirates, um, <laughs> uh, says a few things to him. So here's the replay. Uh, once again, serves up a meatball. Dietrich gets all of it, and yes, he lingered a little bit watching that ball leave the ballpark. Uh, whatever. Okay, so the next batter comes up. Things are things are things move ahead, but we're seeing the replay here, and there's the Pirates catcher mouthing off something to Dietrich as he crosses the plate, likely because of the fact that he took a little too long to look at his masterpiece of a home run. Speaking uh, of masterpiece, mm-hmm. uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up in a second. Did you see it, Charles? Yeah, I did. It's beautiful. Oh, I see it. Okay. Uh, that's great. Um, okay, so uh, the, the, the things goes on, and let me actually fast forward this to his next at-bat. At this point, it is the fourth inning. It is three to two. Uh, the Reds up over the, the Pirates. Uh, Derek Dietrich is getting here into the play. Chris Archer has some ideas for him, and he throws behind his back. Clearly intentional, clearly missing on a hit by pitch attempt right there that is attempted murder right there <laughs> in baseball terms that is an attempted murder okay he didn't go for the head all right so this is i mean Roger Clemens uh knows all about this um uh if uh Charles remembers those days doesn't he oh yeah 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 so uh obviously there is some issues here the bench is clear uh, a lot of words are being said. Uh, the Pirates are wearing their glorious yellow uniforms against the Reds' red uniforms. It looks fantastic from a visual standpoint. I'm loving this. They got their their pillbox hats going. So we got Joey Votto uh, out there. And Yasiel Puig is on the Reds now. So you know he's a hothead. And uh, so all that happens. It, this thing keeps going on and on. Uh, a lot of yelling between the managers themselves. I think the... Um, uh, the Reds manager was upset over the fact that the umpire did not throw out Chris Archer at that point because this was clearly intentional, okay? Uh, the, there were only warnings given, meaning that say if a Reds pitcher hit the pirate pitch, hit, hit a pirate player, even if by accident, he would be thrown out immediately because it would be deemed intentional and thus, you know, he'd be out of the game. 
which is unfair because the pirates could keep all of their players in a sense and you know uh and not really be punished for for chris archer's uh stupidity there uh, uh puig is is you know all hot and bothered about it uh, this thing goes on and on. So my issue here, and it's the thing I'm going to pose to you guys, should some major league baseball pitchers, pitchers especially, because we already we're getting discussions about uh, about the National League maybe adopting the DH permanently, and then no pitchers will be batting. But should pitchers just stop being babies about being shown up by players who get the better of them? Charles, don't throw a home run. That's it. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, plain, plain and simple. You know, it reminds I, I I don't get the hatred on the bat flip. I don't get the hatred on the slow walk. You, you know me. I like personality in, uh, in everything. I like personality in baseball. I think it lacks it as much as I like Mike Trout. I like a little bit of that swagger and that charisma. And, you know, listen, yeah, beam a guy, what's your excuse, right? You know, you're watching now. Like, it was clear cut. You hit him his butt cheek. But, you know, you're Chris Archer. You got some control on it. You want to send a message in. Stop being a baby. Um, baseball is not an emotional sport. Sometimes it's for the good. That's sometimes for the better. But if you're going to be a pitcher who's angry that he didn't do his job, I think that's a sign of immaturity. I don't care how old you are. Um, you know, this isn't like Gasol Puig or uh, a couple of guys who are like, we're going to throw down, bro. This is like, oh, man, you know, you, you were tarnishing the game. Well, it's plain and simple. Like, you know, it's the same way of, like, dunking on a guy. It's like – Play some defense, foul me. But if you ain't gonna stop me, I'm gonna let you know that I own you. Um, and it's not that big of a deal, man. You know, just grow up a little bit. Don't throw the home run. Don't throw the single. Don't throw whatever comes your way. Because at the end of the day, I, I don't know. If I was a if I was a teammate of, of Chris Archer, you did all this, I'm like, yo, bro, you just gave up a home run. I hate you. You know, I don't believe that false camaraderie. Like, let me go get my guy. I'm like, no, no, let him learn a lesson. I'll be like that father who sees his kid get beat up. I'm like, all right, man, he needs to take a punch. He runs his mouth too much. Let's see what happens. Um, I'm not advocating for child violence, just saying. Uh, but it's not <laughs> that big of a deal. It's not. And you're just – now he's suspended for five games, I think. Um, so what, he misses how many starts? One at best. And now you hurt your yeah. team because it's early in the season. You want to accumulate some wins. The Pittsburgh – Pirates are like a sneaky under the radar team. You want to get as much momentum as you can. You're five and four. You're not going to help yourself, right? Right. right. I mean, this it's it's it's. I just don't see the like. You're the pitcher. You have control of of the 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 game itself because you. So, what's the better way of showing up the batter after he shows you up? Hitting him? hitting him? I don't think so. I don't think what? So. I mean, he, well, now he's got, he, first base. he got first base. Okay, now so, you're now in trouble. You're in trouble. Or so, get the pump so, up, you know, like if you actually get him to swing on something, like be like, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 pitchers show, show up batters, batters all the time, all the time. like when they strike them out. out. And that's probably and that's the best probably way of countering being shown up. Just strike the guy out. Strike him out three pitches. Do something. But... Uh, to be a baby about it, I mean, if guy, if the guy get the gets the better of you, he gets the better of you, okay? It's just the way it is. You kind of just you take the L, you take the L for that one at bat. But you're the pitcher, you got to keep going, okay? He went on to the next batter, and that was it. But then Dietrich comes up again. You almost like, like come on, like seriously? And this it's only the fourth inning. You still got maybe two, 
uh, two innings left. He had 60 pitches at this point. Like, what was the point? It's not like you're even going to swing. You're not going Veritek A-Rod, man, you know, because your hands are too damn valuable. So you, you just come punking out a little bit. Right, yeah. yeah. Chris Archer was a punk in that one. Like, he was yes. just a, he was a real punk about it. So, um, it's this Chris Punker now, that's who he is. Yeah, exactly. Not Archer, like, like Archer from the, from the TV series is pretty fun and cool. Um, so, uh, all this is happening. They, they're, they're trying to situate the whole thing out, but the best part about this whole situation is what happens later during the game. So, um, we've got all of this happening. Puig is out. All these people are out. So in the, um, here, the eighth inning, seven to three, Pirates are winning. Derek Jitcha comes up again. It's a dinger. It's seven to five. The Pirates are still winning. But Derek Dietrich didn't take as long to round the bases, didn't take as long to look at the ball. But, you know, he had a day. Okay. Derek Dietrich had a day. All right. So the Pirates pitching staff, you took the L on Derek Dietrich for that day. So seven to five there. So in the end, Chris Archer, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you played your, you, you played yourself. Yep, DJ Khaled, right there. You, you played yourself. <laughs> what uh, do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, he is your guy. How 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 ridiculous is the whole old school mentality of baseball? Sometimes the unwritten rules. I like some of them, but you know, it's a lot of it's a little too get off my lawny for me. Lonnie. <laughs> um, I think anything that involves hitting a player is taking it too far. Um, I mean, I have mixed feelings on fighting in hockey uh, because it's, you know, part of the code, things like that. Uh, but if you're going to, if you're plunking somebody with a 90 plus mile per hour fastball, that could do some serious de- damage depending on where you hit. Um, and, Pitchers are very accurate with their pitches, but not within centimeters. Uh, you know, one misplaced pitch could knock out somebody's ribs. Um, you know, for example, I forget his name, but there was a quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably about a decade ago who took a hit the wrong way, and it uh, it it pierced its it broke his uh, spleen. And he didn't know about it, so he was playing the entire game with a with a spleen that was bleeding out into him. Uh, and had they not figured it out s- soon enough, he was going to die because he bled out inside. Uh, so a, a misplaced pitch could do that too. And especially, there is no reason to throw a pitch at somebody's head. Absolutely no reason to do that. This isn't the 1920s anymore. Uh, you know, we don't want, I know that we have helmets now, but I really don't want to see another Ray Chapman incident where a guy gets hit in the head and he dies on the field. I, I, that may not happen anymore, uh, cause of helmets. Heck, heck the helmets have even extended now. A lot of players because of the John Carlos Stanton injury. Now they're, it, it completely covers their jaw. Yeah. And you know, I'm glad that they do that. They're doing that. I think the next evolution may be to follow in softball steps and put a face mask around the entire face. Um, yeah. And I, I also think, kind of on that same subject, I think pitchers need more protection 
on their on their head at least. I know some pitchers are starting to do it, but yeah, taking a 100 mile per hour batted ball to the head is not going to be good for you. Right. Um, but to that same point, if you're going to throw at somebody, at least do like a, if you want to get your point across, just like lob a little change up in there at 70 miles per hour. <laughs> and, and <laughs> okay. But that being said, I don't think that hitting people is needed anymore. I do think that some of the rules need to stay around because reasons, because tradition, but I mean, there might be like the rare scenario where it's warranted, like in the NHL where, you know, they deck your star player and it's, it's in such an unfair manner that it's like, okay, somebody's got to do something about that for the hockey gods, for the karma gods or something like that. I I see what you're saying. That's a good point. Something so unfair that it's like, you know, but Getting getting yeah go, go, getting sorry. outplayed by a batter, that's and he showboated a little bit. Fine, a little, but Derek Dietrich is the type of player that he doesn't get many of those opportunities to even do that. So, you know. And my guess is, if the if the tables were turned, Archer would do the same exact thing because he's a pitcher too. I'm sure he would take a little bit of time to take a look at that. I mean, look what happened, uh, Jose Fernandez. Rest in peace. But Rest yes, peace. yeah, and then the, he yeah, got freaking... his first home run, right. and there was a huge brawl. Right. Yeah, it's... Brian McCann uh, had, a, had an issue with it, but um, yeah, it's it's all it's on. And something I don't <sighs> get, I I think that these bat flips that players are doing nowadays, and I'm totally fine with them. But I think those can be considered more disrespectful than taking a couple, of, an extra second or two to look at a home run, because you're watching something. It's kind of a passive thing. Whereas you're like, look at the Jose Batista. He like flung the. I thing. mean, Bryce Harper when he hit that home run against the. Uh, let me let me actually pull it up right here. So, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I get and your point. There are there are no brawls for that. So I don't, I don't really get the point of why you're going to go after somebody because they took an extra second or two to look at a home run. Um, it's not like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper who does this every day. This guy's a pitcher. This is probably his only home run of the season. Dietrich isn't a pitcher. He's an everyday player. Oh, is he? But he's just not the type of player that just hits dingers all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. so he got a hold of one, and that thing ended up in the river. Yeah, that's so, that's that's not good... in one shot, but it got there. You that's know, he's, even... he's admiring his work there. He doesn't get many chances to admire his work. He maybe hits maybe ten or fifteen home runs per season. Yeah, that's know, not a lot. Sure, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't look. And much. he's he's a very respectable. I mean, he he had some some good moments here in Miami for the Marlins. So I know what he's like. I I don't think he. He's that type of guy who would showboat. He just admired the the home run, maybe a, a couple seconds too long, but nothing so egregious that was. Unless he's had prior beef with Chris Archer while he was here with the Marlins, there might be some some beef history that I have to go through. Ooh. Because remember, they played in the the interleague rivalry between the Marlins and the Rays, if right. you could call it that. Um, so maybe there's something in the past with regards to Archer and Dietrich. 
Maybe. Maybe there is. That's entirely possible. So that's because I have no reason to think that uh, there'd be anything between. I mean, the Reds and Pirates are, are, are division rivals, but Archer and and Dietrich are just getting to those teams. I think Archer was traded last season. I think Dietrich signed or was traded last season to the Reds. SB Nation, right. look into this. Is there a beef? I don't think it's between... the highest priority beef you out there, <laughs> but it but, might be beef. But you know, this could be. This it might could be, be beef. This could it be. It might be. This could be the the perfect, really random beef that would make people like the, that one series where they come up with all these random rules. Right. This would be the random beef history. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Or a beef mini. Do a, beef a, mini. A, like a, yeah. Like a, a beef, a beef history junior type of thing. Like a Whopper junior. It's just a smaller version of it. The kids, the kids calf. menu beef, a baby calf, some veal, some veal, <laughs> uh, veal history. So I'm, I'm, I'm up here with Bryce Harper um, tons of Philly fans that popped out, uh, and I'm just gonna get his. Um, there it is. Uh, just want to show on screen his home run against the the Phillies there, making it eight to two. So there's the home run, uh, launching it into the sky. It was that that point the eighth inning, like I had said before, made it eight to two. His last at bat of the night, Phillies fans in the very empty Nationals Park, other than the Phillies fans that were there at that point. Um, man, it really sucks being a Nationals fan. Uh, I'll tell you that much after their legacy of failure. Um, so I just want to see the the bat flip real quick. Just Just get there. Come on. We're seeing all the Phillies fans. While we're looking. Okay, here it is. Boom. And then. <laughs> so not only did he transfer, he, he flipped it. He transferred it to his other hand so that he could flip it more emphatically. Uh, that is, but that is such a, a very, like, I feel good. It's a like, very cathartic uh, moment exactly. for him. Like, I felt good for him about that. I'm not even really a Bryce Harper fan, but man, that's. That's one way to stick it to your former team. <laughs> uh, so, so we're at nine o'clock, guys. It's crazy. It, yeah, after I mean, all the interruptions. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's been a very interesting evening in terms of technical difficulties. Right now, just to, I guess uh, we had a play, hockey preview beforehand, and maybe I was thinking maybe you and I could do a, a separate hockey preview video, um, because I know. Charles would sit there and be like, "Yes, I know what ice is. <laughs> ice is frozen water." <laughs> so we might actually do something separate just to preview the playoffs because they start tomorrow. Yes, they do. And also the uh, NHL draft lottery is tonight. Ooh. I don't know if it was uh, if it has concluded. And actually, I want to look that up right now. We're still on the Charles. Air, but... We are going to indoctrinate you in the ways of ice hockey. I promise you. Well, yeah, when the Panthers are really awesome next season with Joe Quinville, which I didn't even get a chance to talk about either. Oh. But the baseball stuff, we hadn't talked baseball really in depth in a while. So notice me. Senpai. Okay, so the number one pick actually went to the New Jersey Devils. Ooh. Uh, they get the number one pick. So uh, the order. Let's see is the New Jersey Devils followed by the New York Rangers, the Chicago Blackhawks, 
the Colorado Avalanche who actually received the Ottawa Senators pick because despite how horrible the Senators were, they tanked for nothing because they did not have the pick. Uh, followed by the LA Kings, the Detroit Red Wings, the Buffalo Sabres, the Edmonton Oilers, the Anaheim Ducks, Vancouver Canucks, Philadelphia Flyers, Minnesota Wild, Florida Panthers, Arizona Coyotes, and the Montreal Canadiens at the 15th pick at the NHL draft in, I don't know where it is this coming season. I think it's in Buffalo or something like that, but uh, I'd have to look. So that's that. And finally, just uh, look at the Miami Heat right now. They are spanking the Philadelphia 76ers 62-42 to at halftime, but be forewarned because the Miami Heat have had a very notorious thing that they call the third quarter in which they completely <laughs> fall apart in the third quarter. So I am fully expecting that to happen. Oh, and just to follow up, it's going to be held at the Rogers Center in Vancouver this year, the NFL draft, or NHL draft. Okay, so Vancouver does hold it. Okay, all right. It would be weird if the NFL draft was held in Canada. <laughs> and Roger Goodell would still be booed. Uh, well, hey, he would. Hey, that's the Rogers Center, so he would be feel at home there. Yeah. All right, guys. I think if there's anything more you guys want to mention before we head out, Uh, I'm good on my end. All right. So, I mean, I know we missed a lot in this show. We didn't even get to all of our topics. I had some Hall of Fame players and stuff like that, but whatever. You know what? There's there's a lot happening this first with baseball. Playoffs are happening. So that the college national championship just happened for basketball. Basketball. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, but that's yeah. it. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Pineapples to go on pizza, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night, everyone.